You're listening to the Writers Off The Page podcast. Here's your host, writer, reader, journalist, and lover of soy latte, Sinead Maripodi. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining me on Writers Off The Page, where I chat writing, books, and publishing with those in the know. Kelly Camby is an internationally published illustrator and author. She's published over a dozen books that are widely available in both Australia and the UK. Plus, the rights to her picture books have been sold in China, Korea, Slovenia, the Netherlands, Spain, and the US. Kelly's second picture book, The Whole Story, won the WA Premier's Book Award for Writing for Children in 2018, while Little Light was shortlisted for the same award in 2019. Kelly's latest picture book is called Timeless and she's here with me today to chat all about it. Kelly Camby, thanks for joining me on Writers Off the Page. Happy to be here. Now Kelly, presumably this picture book is for children, but good lordy, was it a wake-up call for me when I read it? I'll get you to tell really? people. Yes. <laughs> and I'll get you to tell people a little bit about Timeless and they'll realize straight away why. Well, uh, so Timeless is, is a story about um a young boy called Emmett, whose name spelt backwards is Time, Emmett. Um <laughs> And his family don't have enough time for him, so he goes in search of time and he goes looking for it. Um, he hears that time flies, so he tries to catch it. He hears time's precious, so he tries to find it at the library and the mint and the museum. Um, and he just goes about through the book trying to find ways of getting more time. And in the end, I don't know if I should spoil this. Well, we'll have mainly have parents and teachers and writers listening, so I don't think any little ears will have the story. Okay. <laughs> um, in the end, he finds out that if you want time, you have to make it. Um, and so that's, I guess, the sort of the story there and the, and the lesson to learn is that you can't, you know, you have to make time and you have to put time aside and um, you have to do it yourself, basically. You can't just find it. It's such a great concept and it is really that thing that I think, Today, everyone is just so busy all the time. Everyone's lives are just jam-packed with everything. And it is always that thing that we're always like, oh, I just wish I had more time. Like, I just, I'm too busy now. I can't do this. And, oh, gosh, reading this, I was like, oh, so many people will read this and go, oh, yep, I can relate. I have a son who just turned 13 and he's now at that age where he doesn't want to spend time with me. And I just think about all those moments when he was younger when I said, oh, just, you know, give me 10 minutes, give me five minutes, which we all do, but it does make you think about those times, doesn't it? So where did the, I guess, the idea come for you? Was there a little seed that that sparked it all? Um, for this particular book, it was, it, was, it, was the, it was the name Time and Emmett, um, and I knew that I wanted to do something about time. So it wasn't really writing a book about um time as, as as the topic. It was just wanting to write a book that was playing with the concept of time and, um, you know, using a few puns and and just making something a little bit different about time and how we think we can find it, where we think we can find it. And, you know, so, it's, yeah, so it wasn't really a, a book with a message about we must spend more time with our family. It, it started out as a book that um, was just playing with the concept of time. And dare I ask how much time the book took to create? <laughs> um, this one took probably about a year or so to write. It started out as a time travel book um, and then it started out as, um, yeah, it took a few twists and turns until it got to where, where it was. So about a year to, to write and then once it got the contract, it was about a year to illustrate and get to a finish point. How does it work? So you're author and illustrator. So when you pitch to a publisher, do you 
show some ideas of what you're thinking for illustrations? Do you have to illustrate a certain percentage of it or how does all that work? Uh, I think now, because this is my fourth book with Free Matter Press, um, I think Kate, who's the children's publisher, knows my style so well now that she pretty much knows how I'm going to illustrate something. Uh, so the most important thing is to make sure she likes the manuscript and get that perfect. If she likes that, then, you know, she she knows what to expect from me as far as illustrations go. Um, she might want to see one or two samples, but she pretty much knows what I'm going to deliver as long as the manuscript part is right, she's happy. Let's go back then in time just to keep playing with the pun. <laughs> and that first book that you did, what was your first book first off? And were you both the author and the illustrator of that? Yeah. So the first book I ever got published was called All the Lost Things that I wrote and illustrated. Um, and you, you really can't find it anywhere in this country because it was uh, published in the US by a small boutique publishing company and you can't really find it anywhere. I have about five copies here and that's probably the only five copies in this country. <laughs> um, but that was a really good experience and I wrote that and I illustrated that. Um, it's a great book, but I wish that I had published it here um, because it's probably the book that I like the most that I've written and it just never really got the audience that I think I would have liked it to have um, because it was a very small publisher and it was a small market in the US that they published it to or that they targeted it to. So, um, yeah, if I could have done that again, I would have done that differently and I would have published it here. What made but you go the US instead of here? I had an agent. So at the time I had an agent who were US-based and I said I was so near to publishing that I didn't really know how it all worked and I wrote this manuscript and I sent it to my agent and they said great we're gonna you know put it out there and they found a publisher in the US um and that's how that's how it happened but then it was after that that I that I started to learn about sort of the publishing community in in WA and you know, in Australia and uh realized that I probably went about it back to front yeah. I think I think mm-hmm. I felt like I wanted to make a get a really good um sort of community happening here before I went overseas, but I went overseas first, so here nobody knew me. Mm-hmm. That must be so strange to have your first book come out and it not be on shelves around no, you and not be able say, to get family, friends. Where and... I, yeah, where can I buy it? Uh, you can't, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You could probably order it in, but, yeah. And it's been, that was 10 years ago now, so I'm actually hoping, I don't know what the contract is, but I'm hoping I can possibly get the rights back for that and sort of rejig it and, and maybe start fresh with that one. But, yeah. So in those early days, so now obviously if you send a manuscript to Fremantle Press, you said they know your style and what your illustrations are going to look like roughly. What was it like earlier on? How did that submission work? I Are you aware of Squibby? So, so I am very know? aware of Squibby and I'm a <laughs> member. <laughs> so um, I'm the regional advisor for Squibby. And so I, I guess with that, there's a little bit of reputation. People know who you are. So I just went to Kate Sullivan and said, I really like to publish a book. And she said, um, show me what you've got. So it was a little bit different. I kind of snuck in a bit differently to, to most. I didn't just send off a manuscript and um, it didn't end up on a slush pod, you know, I sort of went straight to Kate. I don't know if that was allowed, but that's how I did it. <laughs> what about that US to the US agent? Did you send a portfolio or? Um, with them, yeah, I had a portfolio. And they were an illustration agent mostly. They were um, 
children's book illustrations and I got a lot of work from them but it was a lot of educational books and books that I wouldn't really put in my portfolio they were it was just sort of money earning books they weren't um, passion projects or anything like that and so after about two years of working really hard because I would get sort of five six books every few months to do and I was staying up till four o'clock in the morning getting this work done I realized that um they weren't that wasn't the kind of work I wanted to do it was just sort of churn and burn stuff and I wanted to focus on my own books and so I dropped that agent and um did things myself after that publishing wise I still have an agent but they're more of a commercial agent and they get work that isn't um publishing work so um, I've done a few murals and things through them so they're good to have but they don't control my publishing work I do that myself now as far as process goes when you're working do you storyboard or anything to have an idea of illustrations or is that just in your head until you get that contract um I always I can visualize it as I'm doing it I will often just because I can't help myself, will make a few sketches and start drawing um, before I need to. But that's just because it's fun. You know, you get this idea and you want to draw something. But I don't really sit down and storyboard it or or plan it out until until there's a contract for the book. Um, yeah. Because I do spend a lot of time getting the manuscript just right and I just sit there and I, for me it's really important to have a really good story first and then if a story is picked up, by a publisher then I'll work on the illustrations after that what do you do to keep momentum going between contracts and books um what do I do oh I <laughs> paint things and um I'm just I don't know I'm just always keeping my mind creative I think um yeah like I painted so I, and I work with a lot of other people on things too so there's the creative schools that I I'm not involved with yeah, I put in an application to work with them and we'll see. But um, one of their artists, Angie, had me paint jeans. I don't know if you ever saw that on Oh, Instagram. wow. All the jeans. So little projects like that that are not publishing related, but they keep me creative and they keep me enthused. And so I do, yeah, I do a lot of just creative stuff. And then in between that, I try to write. And then once I've written something, then I'll illustrate it. So it's always writing first. Where's your first love, writing or illustrating? Uh, illustrating I think yeah illustrating yeah because Depending I can on the day <laughs> I do that when, I do that when I'm not even thinking you know I just watch tv and I'm drawing so I guess that's my first love but I really enjoy writing because I like um I like to write books that make you think a little bit differently and I think that's how my brain works my brain is a little bit back to front sometimes and and I enjoy writing something and go ah oh, that makes you think a bit different so that bit's fun how did you know with timeless talking specifically, you said you started with a time travel type concept and then you were tweaking it. What is it for you, the sign that you know you've got something good, that you're there, that you're ready to submit oh, it? I think when it makes me go, oh, wow, where'd that come from? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think we'll, because I mean, this is, I mean, I have a lot of manuscripts and a lot of them are just, you know, ho-hum and there, but then there'll be one that you go, oh, what? wait a minute, where did that come from? And that's the one that I know is going to be the one that I need to push further. Um, and I don't know how that happens. It's just, it's a, as Oprah would say, it's an aha moment, you know, <laughs> and you just write and go, oh, I think I've just landed on something. 
and that's the one that I'll that I'll pursue. And there's 20 others in the drawer that I won't pursue because they don't give me that feeling of, oh, this is something. Um, and you're a writer. I am a writer, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, you probably get that. You're writing, you go, oh, this is something here. There's, um, I'm going to follow this. So that's what I follow, whatever it is that calls out to me and says, this is working. We often discuss on um, this podcast, I guess, the misconception with picture books and the fact that, you know, there's much less words compared to a full adult novel or a middle grade manuscript but there's so much pressure on those little words for them to be perfect. Yeah. How how much work goes into this? And putting aside the illustrations completely for a moment, just for the text. Just for the text. Well, I mean, you know what? The hardest bit is to get your idea into 500 words. Um, that's not a lot of words. That's, you know, a couple of lines on every page. And so, yeah, the hardest bit is when I start a manuscript, I'll just write, write, I'll just idea dump onto a page and it'll be you know hundreds and hundreds of words and then I have to go back and say what's the important bits that I want to pick out of this and then so there's a lot of rewriting and a lot of making sure that you've got the right sentences um that in the end will get your point across and is there a lot of edits when it gets to publishing stage with Kate um I, I I've been pretty lucky I think um, I think because I do work on them so much before I send them to Kate, um, we haven't had a lot of sort of publishing or editing differences. Um, in Little Light, there's a word in Little Light and it's on one of the pages, apoplectic. Have you seen that one? No. Apoplectic. Okay, that wasn't my word. That was Kate's word. And it is the best word. She <laughs> added that at the end. She said, I think this word. I said, I don't think anyone's going to be able to pronounce it. Um, but it's my favourite part when I read that story to kids and I go get to the apoplectic and they'll go, what does that mean? Um, I love there being a random word like that in there. Also big, like a yeah. big word, yes. And, I, and the Kate, sound of it. Yeah. And it, it just means that you're really, really angry. Um, so we've all been a bit apoplectic at times, I'm sure. Um, but that was so that was part of the editor. Edit, editing sort of process when Kate said I think because I think the word I had was you know I'm so mad and she said why don't we put apoplectic and I said I'm just gonna look that up for (laughs) well when you said that to be honest I was like I have no idea what this means I don't want to admit it but I have no idea what this means (laughs) (laughs) now we both know and now everyone's gonna know and everyone's gonna be using it it's gonna become you know the word and you could see how kids hearing that as well because it would be that little thing that they could say that other people might not know. They would have fun yeah. using it too. When I was in probably year three, I don't know, our teacher taught us the word impecunious <laughs> and it's the only thing that's ever stuck with me from primary school is this word impecunious. And I kind of imagine there may be some other year three sitting there going apoplectic and I remember that when they're my age maybe that's so funny could you imagine if you ran into that teacher now and you were like you know you taught me this word and they'd be like I have no idea I don't remember teaching you that at all (laughs) and also who are you (laughs) tell me so you talked about being regional advisor for Squibby West just in case anyone hasn't heard Squibby is a society of children book children's book writers and illustrators how did you get involved with the group and I guess, why would you encourage other children's authors and illustrators to get involved? Okay, I got involved probably, I think, might be coming up to 10 years 
Um, when I was new to publishing, I was a graphic designer before I got into children's books, and um, I just thought this is, might be something. I did an illustration major at uni, so it kind of my path led me to illustrating, and I thought children's books is what I want to do, so I did some research, and Squibby came up, and they had um, they had a competition, and it was the, I can't remember right now, but the the prize was to win a trip to the New York conference. And I joined just to do that. <laughs> I didn't win, but 10 years later, I'm still a member and I don't regret it. But that was, I think the reason that I that I joined was because I thought, oh, wow, I could draw a picture and maybe go to New York. Um, so I joined. But um, the other part of your question was, why would I encourage people? Yeah, why should people get involved? I know that when um, aspiring writers are starting out, when I was kind of in the early stage and I saw organisations like this, I was like, oh, they're probably for when you're further along in your career to be part of it. But it's not that at all, is it? Really not, no. And we, we're we very much a peer support group. So it's not, I think people have the misconception sometimes they think that you join Swibby to get published. Um, and Hopefully you do, fingers crossed. But when it's for it's for other like-minded people to catch up and talk about writing and illustrating. And my first ever Squibby retreat that I went on ten years ago, um, I met you know my one of my best friends, and I think I think she's illustrating your book cover, Irene King. Yes, yes, oh, Irene is one of my well. best ever friends. Yeah. She um, has drawn my beautiful ballerinas that I'm absolutely yeah, obsessed with. Yeah, I actually saw the work in progress and some of the sketches leading up to that. Um, and so I met her at the Squibby Retreat nine or ten years ago and, um, you know, that's been one of my most cherished friendships. So there's her and other people. And I think that's um, a really good reason to to step in and, and be a part of this community because um, there's not many people that think like us. You know, <laughs> we're we're a rare bunch, um, and so when you find other people that think like you, it's it's a really nice place, and so that's why I think you know things like Squibby are really useful, and and I good think things- so too. When it's that that concept as well, I know I used to hear people saying, "Oh, if you go to like a writers' festival or something, just go up to people and say hi." And a lot of people, I'm not that person that I'm just going to go up to a stranger, but if you are in a group like Squibby or romance writers of WA whatever it may be in your genre it's that safe space that group that you're going to an event with a purpose for like-minded people and everyone is so encouraging and and we have members from uh brand new to this who have who have just written their first few paragraphs to you know mega award-winning I say mega because I'm thinking of Meg McKinley but you know (laughs) mega Meg (laughs) yeah we have that to that and everything in between so it's not somewhere that you'll come and hang out with us and feel um a little bit intimidated or you know it's just a nice bunch of people which is which is good i'm going to put you on the spot with some quick fire questions just to get to know kelly pamby properly writing snack or beverage of choice um uh, coke zero and salted cashew nuts oh currently reading um, currently reading, do you know what I have a I have a, a pile of books that I've half read all of them. But the reason is, and this might be too much information, but um, I recently found out I have very bad sleep apnea. 
and tired and so when I try and read a book I get to two pages and I fall asleep so I've got all these books that I that I've started reading and have and I thought maybe it was the book I thought it's just a boring book I'll buy another one but I think it was just me not being able to keep my eyes open for more than 10 minutes so when you say currently reading nothing but now I've solved my sleep apnea I'm going to start getting into my books again so the challenge is for someone to write a book that you don't fall asleep to. No it's pressure. The That's the thing. It's not the, <laughs> books, um, the books I'm, I'm choosing are amazing. It's it's just the fact that I haven't slept for a full night that stops me from reading books. But I have to, I mean, I am currently reading um, Jacqueline Moriarty's latest book because I'm illustrating it, um, but that's not due out until October. But I have the manuscript and I'm currently reading that because I'm working on the cover at the moment. And then in a couple of weeks, I'll get the in, interior um, brief so that's probably you know I'm reading for work but also it's a it's a great book what's your worst writing or illustrating habit um procrastination <laughs> <laughs> um oh habit it's like self-doubt a habit I call it a habit I think you get into the habit of it yeah I'll get halfway through an illustration and suddenly I'll just doubt my abilities completely and uh, tell myself I'm useless at this. So that's a bad habit. I need to break that. Um, I th- yeah, I think I get tempted to zip out to the shops and buy something for a bit of a dopamine hit when I'm feeling like I can't get my work just right. So my bad habits are leaving the studio. That's a bad habit. I should never <laughs> leave the studio. <laughs> and what do you do on those days when the motivation is low to um, get yourself back in the studio? I will usually drive and to the ocean if I can see if I can see the the beach I feel like um it clears my mind and I and I often take my laptop or a notebook or um down to the beach and I'll have a coffee and I feel a bit refreshed when I do that uh go for a walk um or or other times I just sit there and stick it out and eventually you crack it and then you feel amazing because you've done it so a different day different method your biggest tip for aspiring writers or illustrators? Um, biggest tip for illustrators is to to do it every day, just draw every day. Uh, I look at, gosh, 10 years ago uh, I did a Illustration 365 project where I drew an illustration every day for a year. And I still, I recently, I recently threw them all out, but before I did I looked through them and Wow, they were bad. I was not good at, at illustrating. Um, Is this one of those self doubt moments? Because I feel like other non drawers <laughs> might, non illustrators okay. might look well, at relatively it. Relatively mm. speaking, compared to what to to what I am today, they were not uh, they were not that good. But I did it every day, and I could see my progression over the year, and I could see I got better. And then I can see now, having sort of drawn, and I don't do it every day, but I try to do something every day um just how much better you you get at it and you know it's like anything if you're a musician you play every day or if you're I mean I I like to um say to people it's like being a an elite athlete um (laughs) you have to train every day except that I get to do it sitting in a chair which is a big bonus it is my preferred way of exercising (laughs) (laughs) hopefully exercise that muscle and Um, finally yeah oh sorry so that's my tip for illustrating for writing um there's obviously, you know, read a lot, uh, but also sometimes with writing, it's really good to um, include other people and show 
to other people and get other people's thoughts on your writing um, because there's so many times when I've written something and, and somebody sees it with a, with a clear and objective mind and they find things that I don't find because we're so close to it. So I think, yeah, draw every day and share your writing with other people. And finally, what are you working on next? You mentioned that you've got the book that you're illustrating that you're currently reading. Is there another author illustrator project in the works? Um, so I have Jacqueline's book that um, that I'm working on now. Uh, I've pitched a couple of things to Freo Press. We'll see how they go. Um, but I think this, for the first part of this year anyway, I'm going to start working on what my next book is because, um, I mean, ideally I'd like to have a book a year would be nice, but that means writing one. <laughs> and so I'd better do Damn that. It. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, I'd better go and write that book. Um, but also I have a lot of um, non-book stuff coming up, like um, I just did a mural and I think I've got another one coming up. And so there's a lot of illustration work. But book-wise I've got Jacqueline's and then I'm just writing on whatever it is comes to my head next. Just to put things into perspective for people, this far into your career where you have all of these successful books under your belt, do the rejections still come? Um, yes, they do, yeah. Um, I I don't um, send my work out to too many people, so that limits the amount of rejections. I tend to, I, you know, I love working for free on a press, so I'm pretty loyal to them, and so I really only show um, Kate my stuff and she's good at giving you rejection um in fact I think her last one when she didn't like my manuscript was this is not how we see your trajectory um which is a nice way of saying that's not good oh <laughs> <think>. no <laughs> <laughs> because they didn't want it so um yeah yeah you get that but I don't I mean I don't take it too personally because we can't always have a hit um and there's so many ideas and so many things going on in my head all the time that they can't all be good. One of one out of fifty might be okay. Uh, so I don't when when they say no, I don't handle that badly at all. It's fine. It's all it's all part of the process. And it just it just means that I get the chance to go away and make it better if that's what I want to do. So yes, it still happens. I'm not overly upset by it. That's the answer to that one. Just a ray of sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> got me on a good day after tomorrow might be different (laughs) (laughs) kelly canby thank you so much for your time timeless is your new book thank you so much you're welcome and thank you for listening to the writers of the page podcast make sure you check out the back catalogue and while you're there i'd love it if you left a rating or review it helps other people discover the podcast if there's an author you want me to chat to or you just want to say hi Hit me up on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter at Shanae Maripodi. That's C-H-E-N-E-E. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.